What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Walking with the King podcast. I'm your host, Teresa King, and welcome to another episode. <sighs> we have had quite a busy week. Would you say, Robert? Yes. <laughs> amazing, though. So amazing, but for those of y'all who have not met my husband, this is Robert. He is an amazing man of God and currently my lifelong partner. I'm just kidding. My forever lifelong partner. <laughs> you should have seen his face. Um, but yeah, so for those of y'all who don't follow me on Instagram, you should. But we have announced that we have been officially licensed as foster parents. And also, we just got our first placement this past week. It's been officially a week. So, yeah. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling great. It (laughs) has been so much fun um, just to interact with the child that we've been placed with. I think um, it's it's. It's been exhausting as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to being a parent, but um, it's something that I've never experienced before, and I can't even put it into words because it's it's just it's literally it's a it's amazing. It, it's I can't I can't even put it into words. I really can't. Yeah. Well, today we are going to be talking about some frequently asked questions foster parenting edition I feel like Robert and I have gotten a lot of like like direct messages personal messages text messages on overall journey becoming a foster parent so I thought that it would be best if we just made a podcast about it you know just kind of talk everything out and um yeah so we're going to be asking a couple answering a couple of questions so yeah first question how did you decide to become a foster parent so um just kind of like long story short we um decided to become a foster parent for a variety of reasons we um when i was little i have always wanted to be a parent just from a really young age I would um yes y'all I played with Barbies I definitely um just wanted to be a dad really um really young and I think it kind of trickled into when Teresa and I started doing um we started serving at New Life Church in Corpus when we first met we hadn't yet mastered the relationship with Christ yet, but we um, had definitely mastered the religion part. <laughs> um, I I um, started serving there with with Tess, and we were in charge of the um, child care for toddlers. At this, when when we first started serving, I just noticed. Teresa just how motherly she was and how good she was with the toddlers really cool to see um just it was one of the reasons why I fell in love so deeply with with Tess you know that tripled into a lot of different reasons we 
I was also, I went through some trauma in my youth and also after college. So um, I, I definitely have always felt a draw towards helping people go through trauma. And um, that's just kind of where, what kind of led me into um, discussing this with Teresa. We actually, she'll go more into depth, but. Yeah, like for me, I've always wanted to adopt and I knew that it would be through foster care. Um, but for us, like our journey for being, like to be parents, we have been battling with infertility for about three years. And when we found out like we were infertile, we are like, well, why not start the foster process? You know, so after a little bit of healing, we started the journey with foster care. And um, yeah, I just knew that I wanted to be a vessel to these children, you know, whoever comes into our home. And um, <laughs> but yeah, I always knew that I wanted to be a foster parent. And on our first date, we talked about potentially becoming foster parents so the fact that we're both like yeah we're so down we're like okay cool like it's gonna happen so whenever we became infertile when we became infertile it was like okay might as well get started on this now so yeah so speaking of being infertile question number two did you only foster because you are infertile no (laughs) long story short no um, I have PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, so that is what's causing me to be infertile. So it doesn't mean I am completely ruled out on ever having children. It just means that right now my body is sick and I need to take care of it. So after discussing with Robert, we have decided to put a pause on trying to have kids. Of course, if it happens, you know, God's timing is perfect. Um, but right now I'm just focusing on my health. I'm focusing on you know, getting my body back into the point where it needs to be in order for me to have a healthy pregnancy and healthy baby biologically. So if that means like right now, all we're going to focus on is our foster children and, you know, adopting through foster care, then so be it. When I turn 30, which is in like almost like two and a half years, is whenever we're going to touch base with an infertility doctor. But as of right now, I'm focusing on my health, focusing on our child, and yeah. And for me, I definitely wasn't the reason why we started fostering because of infertility. Um, I, like I said, I, I, we had planned on fostering um, long before we even yeah. had it. So long before we were ever infertile. Yeah, and and honestly, though. Um, I think that if we would have only fostered because we're infertile, mm-hmm. I think that it would have been a lot more difficult for us um, during the process. Oh, just, yeah. Um, you just need so many different... I think one of the biggest things that we've really reminded ourselves on through this entire process is our why. Like yeah. why we even got into it in the first place and it's for the kids mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it, it's a, that's 
the only reason. And it's um, it was just a variety of things that led us to it, but it is ultimately for the kiddos and absolutely just leading them to Jesus and getting them um, back to the best life possible. And it's um, it, it's it's just been such a journey, and I change it for the world. Absolutely. So, third question: What is the process like for becoming a foster parent? Um, we are in the state of Texas, so it is completely different in every state. For us, it took a year and a half for us to get licensed. There is a lot of paperwork, a lot of trainings, a lot of tests, a lot of things in order for us to be licensed foster parents. So it's a long process, um, you know, but it's so worth it. Okay, question four. Uh, can you choose the age and gender of your children you foster? Um, yes, you can. Um, they At the beginning of the process, they actually asked us uh, to fill out an information sheet. And they wanted us to fill out our preferences. Do you know, I... Me and Teresa discussed that um, we didn't have any preferences for race or um, anything like that. We um, or gender or we just we just put it didn't matter. For yeah, we anyone. just put zero to four. Yeah. And yeah, and I think that for us, it just um, really was more about the kiddos and less about. Mm-hmm. you know gender yeah um racial racial preference or anything like that it's uh, that's just not not the reason why we got into fostering um but i um i i do know that there there was a choice yeah definitely um did you meet the child before they came to live with you no <laughs> no, we did not. Um, case manager showed up. Um, case case worker showed up with the child. We signed a bunch of paperwork, and that was it. <laughs> that was the first time we met um, the little one. So yeah, um, I don't think in other states you get to meet them beforehand. It's just like they show up on your doorstep and they basically give you the children like just like that. So. Um, how long do uh, children typically stay in your care? It really depends on what the case is, what the child is going through, what the parents are going through. It could be like one night, it could be several years. It just really depends. Um, Never really set in stone with that. What kind of support or resources are available for you as a foster parent? So there's so many resources. We actually um, got into a foster community group at Mm -hmm. our church, Community Bible Church, and um, you know they've they've been helping us out so much. So much. They've been telling us um, how to deal with the lawyers, Mm -hmm. what to say, um, how to say it, um, because they've already been through the process. These are all foster parents. Yeah. and they let us know about several different resources Absolutely. Where, where we could get free clothing and free strollers. There's free- literally like a whole department of where 
multiple departments on where you could get free, you know, everything, booster seats, strollers, clothes, shoes, toys. Um, it, there's just so many different resources. And also, you know, we do qualify for WIC, uh, which is women, children's and, and well, women, infants and children. It's kind of like food stamps, but not really. But we also qualify for like a discount on our insurance. We qualify for free childcare for people who work full time, like parents who work full time each. Um, there's just so many resources, um, at least in the state of Texas. And not to mention, like, we have a huge support system mm-hmm. from our church. So, from our family. And our family. So we um, have just been receiving an abundance of clothes. Absolutely. And, um, just tons and tons of gifts. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, it's it's been so cool to see that. You know, um, I guess you don't really know how much support you have until, like, mm-hmm. something major happens. And, and then you just realize, like, oh, my gosh, like, a hundred people have reached out. Like, it's it's just been so uh, overwhelmingly amazing. Like, I, I think that that's been the one of the best parts is that we've had to buy, like, next to nothing in, mm-hmm. in clothing. Absolutely. Um, I don't think we bought, we probably bought like, I think we've, I think we bought like maybe like five outfits in total. Yeah. And it's like, it's powerful because like, and that just means that like, in my opinion, that um, Jesus is alive Mm -hmm. because you know, if these people wouldn't, they, they know the cause and they know that um, this child needs care and they have, you know, come out of the woodwork to help us. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I can't even begin to describe how thankful I am to everybody and everybody listening and just everybody that's been involved in this process or even just watching means the world. It's it's really y'all are the hands and feet of Jesus. Absolutely. Um, what has been some of the biggest challenges you face as foster parents? I think just the whole adjustment. You know, Robert and I have never been parents. And on top of that, uh, we were immediately placed with a toddler. So it was a little bit of um, an adjustment. I know postpartum depression is real. I didn't think it was real after foster care, like foster care parents. Um, So that's one thing that we have been, you know, going through this whole week. But of course, like, you know, having God on our side has been a huge help. Knowing that God is with us and God has a purpose and he has a plan. Um, You know, I keep saying Jeremiah 29, 11 over and over again. For I have a plan for you my plans to prosper and give you hope for a future like that has been on my head throughout the whole entire process like from the very beginning when we first started to now like it has been like a constant thing that has been playing in my head so um I feel like that's been one of my biggest challenges is the adjustment I I agree I think that um 
the adjustment it, going from like we were literally those that couple that would watch Netflix and mm-hmm. um, do our Bible study and um, you know we had a lot of free time in the evenings and going from that to like zero of the free time um, <laughs> it's been a huge adjustment but it's been like I don't like I'd so not trade it for the world. Oh okay. yeah. It's but it's um it's just you don't realize that you're really you don't realize what you have until like it actually happens. Exactly. And, and like I think that um it's just been challenging to deal with the the postpartum. Um you know, I learned quite a bit about this when I was learning about my mental health journey. And um, about 65% of people experience postpartum after they get a foster placement. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, I didn't really realize that it was happening until um, we got placed. And um, so now uh, me, and, me and Tess are going to talk to our psychiatrists and yeah. Start to our therapists, um, our couple therapists. Start to go down the, the road of getting the right medications and things. Hey, next question. Um, what kind of impact do you hope to have on the lives of the children you foster? I just want to introduce them to Jesus. You know, the little one that we have never met Jesus before, and now she knows how to pray by herself. So um, that's like a huge blessing just to introduce them to Jesus, plant that seed at an early age. And um, hopefully one day, you know, whether they're in our home or back with their bio parents, they will be able to just meet him, you know, get to know him a little bit more. So, yeah, that's my goal. Um, But also like to give them a loving home, give them the love that they deserve. You know, only God knows why they're in our care. And I am not going to take that for granted. I completely agree with both of those things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in addition to those, I think it's really important to um, teach them about how to process their emotions. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, me and Teresa have been through quite a bit of training. And we've also gone through a pretty steep mental health journey with therapy and um just gone through a lot of trauma trainings and um, we just know how to communicate through major problems and major trauma Mm -hmm. so um, we know how to do it in ourselves so now we uh, we are trying to coach the little one through it and um, it's it's really important that um, for me that I am able to help them in some way, shape, or form with that. Because even if they don't end up in our care forever, yeah. um, or we don't end up adopting, you know, they could use these tools for the rest of their life. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's just so vital. Like, we don't, don't really realize how important that is. I'm actually going through mm-hmm. um, a, getting my substance abuse counseling mm-hmm. degree right now, and um, I think the, those classes will really help me a lot. Um, in helping with 
adolescent when I go through the adolescence trainings and things like that. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and you know, Tess, you hit it right on the head with providing a loving home mm-hmm. because they deserve that. Every child deserves that. Absolutely. And like, you know, I just it's it's like you know, of course we're not gonna be perfect, but no one's perfect, but it's like as long as we try our best and we give them that that love that they that they need it's everything's gonna work out okay and mm-hmm. then the lord's gonna guide us and guide the child to um the right home that they're supposed to be and destined to be placed in absolutely um yeah I'll, i guess this question kind of like ties into that like how they address the unique needs or traumas that foster children may have I mean, it just really depends on the child that you're placed with, whether it's a newborn or a 17-year-old. There is so many people that deal with different types of trauma, and there's definitely so many different types of trauma that the kid may be um, exposed to. Um, I think a lot of parenting books, a lot of foster parenting books is a key one. Um, I just started reading this one called uh, Foster the Family. So uh, that really does help, um, you know, just educating yourself on how to um, deal with trauma, like how to deal with your kid's trauma, how to maneuver your kid's trauma, um, how to deal with your own is a very important one, like trying to heal on your own mental health in order for you to, to prepare for the mental health of a child. That's a really big one is, you know, you just have to educate yourself, um, pray about it, make sure that you are just being the vessel of Jesus, being the hands and feet of Jesus and being the person that God needs you to be in that situation. I feel like that's the only thing available because I feel no one is going to automatically be like, oh, this is how you deal with that. And this is what you need to do because it could be different for any child. It is different for every single child. Um, but yeah, you just need to educate yourself, find out what works, find out what doesn't work, and um, just trial and error, you know? Um, it, yeah. I think um, one of the... Did you have anything to say on this? Well, I was going to say um, just to be intuitive and just to ask a lot of questions when they're going through and an episode or something um, related to where you think it's related to past trauma. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like getting down on that level, if it's a toddler or, um, you know, just consoling them if they're a teenager, just, it, just being there for them. I think sometimes we just need to be comforted. Um, and, you know, I realize that in my own life, too. Sometimes I just need to be hugged. And yeah. Sometimes I don't want to be hugged. It just, yeah. It's, if you have that proper communication with your child, and mm-hmm. then, then everything's going to be okay. Like, cater to your specific child. No, mm-hmm. there's no one size fits all. You hit it so perfectly when you said it's so different for every child because it, it is. Like, and it's yeah. so different for every adult, too. Absolutely. Um, I Working in... So working in ministry and celebrate recovery, I've come across many, many male friends of mine and female friends of mine. It's 
um, that each have such different characteristics about them. So mm-hmm. one thing, one therapeutic solution might not work on one of my friends, but it might work on the other, you know, um, it's, yeah, but you know, you need, there's, that question is worded so perfectly because it says unique demands and yeah. it's, it is so unique. Like yeah. we're learning that we're only a weekend. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, I was going to say something else, but it kind of ties into this next question. Are there any misconceptions or myths about foster care that you would like to address? Um, I would like to address this because, like, you know, going back to the trauma, like, a lot of people think that, oh, if I get a newborn, they won't have trauma and it'll be a little bit easier. That's, like, a huge misconception because um, majority of these children in foster care, especially our newborn, are because they are from a drug, they're drug babies, so they're going to be addicted to drugs, um, and having to wean, having to, them to be weaned off the drugs, um, that is a big thing. That's like a lot of trauma on the little brain of the baby. And then also like, it's just, it's a lot of work regardless on what age you get. You know, uh, we have a toddler, you know, she's experiencing things too. So it just really depends on um, what it is back to the whole trauma. That's a huge misconception on the one that I've heard. Um, I do know, like, there's just so many different misconceptions. Um, One of them could be, like, oh, um, it's very dangerous for you to have a foster placement. I've heard many horror stories. Like, people could say, like, I've heard horror stories um, about what a foster child did to their, their parents or whatever it may be. Yes, but that could happen with bio kids, you know. Um, Also, one of the other things, now that I said bio kids, I really hate when people tell me, like, oh, you're going to have a foster kid, then you're going to have a kid of your own. I really hate that part of your own. And I hear it a lot, and I I think a lot of people are not educated on this, so I'm going to say it. Just because I have a foster kid doesn't mean I don't love them as my own. Like, it's not of my own. It's, I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to have a bio bio kid, like a biology kid, like a kid that's coming from my genetics, you know. There's a biological kids. Like, it just, I really don't like that term. Like, a kid of your own. It just really doesn't sit right with me because... Just because I have a foster kid does not mean I'm not going to give that that child all the love I have. I'm still going to love them as if they were my, quote-unquote, own kids. Like, I just really don't like that word. Like, you're going to have a kid of your own or someone saying, like, I could never do that because I will want, I will want a kid of my own. Like, that's just ignorance. <laughs> I hate to really use that word, but it's ignorant. Like... These kids need the love, and we have the love to give. Why not give it to them? There's so many foster parents that are needed right now, and I feel like it's the main the main thing is I want kids of my own. I don't want to go through the whole process because I want a kid of my own. And it's like, you know, why spend thousands on thousands on thousands of dollars on adoption? 
or IVF when you could literally spend not even we'd even spend a thousand dollars on this process like yeah we spent a little bit of money but it wasn't thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars like there's children out there who are needing a house you know or needing a place for them to just be a kid and you are not allowing yourself to do that because of that misconception of they're not my own kids because you never know like you know we signed up for foster to adopt like we're completely open to adopt through foster care and you know with our agency everything is paid for we don't have to pay for a lawyer we don't have to pay like forty thousand dollars on trying to get you know everything situated you know it's just a miss it it really breaks my heart that misconception of a kid of my own because I see this child as my own I'm gonna love this child as my own and even if I have a bio kid I will love them equally but yeah yeah right over (laughs) I completely get that I think that um there's a lot of misconception on oh my gosh, like bringing this foster child into your home will ruin your marriage as well. Mm-hmm. And I totally disagree. I think that Teresa and I have had a strain on our marriage in this first week, but I don't think that it's ever going to push us to break up or anything like that. Yeah. I, it's, it's just getting used to... Um, it's just a being normal. I think a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of people communicate in like um, over exaggerations. They're like, "Oh my gosh, I would never do that because I just I just don't um, I just don't think that it would be good for my marriage." And uh, you know, I do understand though because sometimes um, this process is not right for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like so, um, the misconceptions with me I think I think you hit the ones that I was gonna say as yeah. well. So um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um next question. What advice would you give to someone who is considering becoming a foster parent? Just do it. Um it is very tedious. It is a long process but at the end it's so worth it. When you start seeing the child open up to you and being loving on you and looking up to you, you know, even if it's just been a week, you know, they look up to you, they seek you, they want, they just want to be loved. And I feel like that is just like the, a breath of fresh air is the vulnerability of a child and being able to see it. So um, I would say be prepared on a new journey, on a new way of living be prepared to never have a clean home. <laughs> um, be prepared for not much time for yourself. I feel like I lock myself in the restroom for like five minutes just so I could get some time on like social media or to text back a text, uh, send a text message back to someone. So if I have not read your messages, I'm so sorry. I'm getting to them. Um, just get prepared I mean parenthood is parenthood it's it's a process it's an adjustment um 
it's just like having a baby it's something that you have to prepare for I kept saying like it's funny because like we're getting closer and closer to the end of being licensed and I was like I'm about to have a child but there's no belly to tell me when or when I'm gonna be able to expect the child it's just like it was just like anticipation on whether or not we were gonna get placed or not so yeah and yeah that's that's so great and I would definitely recommend it to anybody potentially going into foster care. Mm-hmm. I think that to have a firm foundation of Jesus in yeah. your life, um, mm-hmm. you know, because you're going to be tested. And if you don't have that foundation in your marriage or in just in your personal relationship with Christ, I think that these kids will the 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 issues that they're dealing with will rock the boat if you don't have that that firm foundation and it's it's also about just creating that time with jesus on a daily basis as well after you get placed yeah but you know and also one thing i'm going to go ahead and just recommend because i feel like the holy spirit's leading me to say it um don't listen to people oh um, that's a big one it's i think we've had probably over a thousand we've had of people so many people not to do this um, and that breaks my heart too and that really that really upset me when people would tell me that because it's like this is the reason why we have so many like we have so much we have a need for foster parents and this is why there's not many foster parents because people like you discourage people who have the heart to do so. And and that's not to say that everybody is like that. Because of course you're going to have your supporters. Mm-hmm. But don't listen to the naysayers. Because if you feel led to this. Then you just have to step outside of your comfort zone. And realize that you're going to be on an island all by yourself. With this child and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be you're gonna be all out where you just... It's, it's going to be a totally different island than you've ever been on before. Yeah. So one thing that um, I recommend is just getting into as many classes as possible, even outside of foster care. Get into learn a about, community group. Yeah, learn about generational trauma. Mm-hmm. Le- uh, learn about boundaries. Um, because if uh, depending on if you're in a marriage or not in a marriage, if you're a single... Um, person going into foster care boundaries are still important because they mm-hmm. just um, they just are um, you know we yeah if, for a variety of reasons I could go into whole depth topic about that but absolutely um, and just learning about yourself first before you do this as well mm-hmm. because a lot of people get into this for the wrong reasons yeah and I think that if you learn about yourself and, and find your why. It's easier to connect to that why when you're having a hard moment. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't find your why of why you're doing this and connect it to Jesus, then you are going to struggle mm-hmm. in this process. And, and there's a whole bunch of people that get into foster care and then get out of it. And that's even harder on the child when they have to be placed back mm-hmm. into care because the foster parent couldn't handle it. Yeah. And, and not to say that sometimes that's just sometimes that's just needed, but don't do it 
because you didn't have you weren't prepared yeah get that firm foundation correct absolutely. and just and and seek jesus mm-hmm. absolutely so last question of today and i think this is a good question um i can't open my home to a foster child but i want to help out what what do i do um respite respite care so there's um mm-hmm. with most foster care agencies you can um get your get your home licensed and go through the process well you get but your self license you, 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 you get yeah. your self license yeah and it, basically you um you provide like a short answer of what you what days you're available like mm-hmm. if you're available on Friday Saturday and Sunday you say I'm available for those three days mm-hmm. and then you would watch the child for three days if, yeah. if the foster parents went on vacation or something to that nature. Or exactly. it could be, it could be know, like one, a night. One night or even one hour. It mm-hmm. just depends on what you want. Yeah, I know we already had a respite care for like a two and a half hour babysit. Um, we have a couple of events coming up. You know, respite care is their certified um providers for foster children because not anybody could just look after a foster child you have to have like specific training you have to have a background check cpr certified you have to have all of this stuff but it's not as tedious as becoming a foster parent so if you have the heart of babysitting you know become a respite care um and it's and guys it's a ministry yeah don't let you know don't let anybody tell you that taking care of your kids or foster kids isn't a ministry Mm -hmm. because i've heard that i've heard that from so many people and i'm like listen it is a ministry Mm -hmm. (laughs) it it really is you're being the hands and feet of jesus even as a respite provider it's Mm -hmm. um it's a big big deal to just provide a safe space for them yeah during they might not have had a safe space so ever mm-hmm. so you, we just we just have to realize that it's gonna be a whole bunch of naysayers yeah don't listen to them listen to jesus yeah if you don't want to be like a babysitter and you are still wanting to give back to the community the foster community there is in San Antonio, there's this thing called the Vault. It is a place where you are able to donate, you know, clothes, toys, um, car seats, strollers. That's how we got a lot of our free stuff is by the Vault. There's other um, organizations near you that would take those donations. So if you have kids that have grown out of toys, clothes, strollers car seats anything like that look up those um those little things i forgot what it's called it's not the vault like it's like a ah i lost it there's just there's just companies out there that are willing to take um donations like don't give them to goodwill don't give them to a thrift store give them out to um these organizations that provide them for free for foster parents um because you know you're giving back to that community if you give it back to like thrift stores or goodwill they're taking it for a profit so like they're not really getting any like you know what i mean um and also one thing that you can do is contact foster agencies yeah and tell them i just want to donate to a foster family and they'll give you become a sponsor yeah 
And, um, you know, because I, I, a lot of times we don't realize this, but giving is such an important ministry. It's in the Bible, mm-hmm. but sometimes some people just don't feel that they're, they're comfortable with volunteering in a, a hands-on mm-hmm. aspect. And that they just want to give, and that is okay, you guys. It's, we just got it is okay. We just got a twenty five dollar DoorDash gift card by a random family that just wanted to bless us, and that was a blessing on its own. So, um, just get in contact with a like how Robert said, get in contact with a foster agency. Say that you want to give back in any way. You know, there's probably another way that you could give back that we never mentioned. Um, just ask them for more information. Like, I don't want to open up my, my my home for a foster child. I don't want to be a respite provider, but I do want to give back to the community. How can I do so? And they'll give you a lot of options on what you could do. But um, for those of y'all who know us personally, keep praying for us. If you are still listening to this, um, pray for us. We need the prayers. Um, pray for other foster families in general. Uh, we need the, all the prayers that we need. So, um, yeah. And that hopes that answers all the questions that we have been getting DM'd, answered. Uh, well, DM's, personal messages, me- like text messages. I hope this all answered your questions. Um, yeah. I think that's Guys, it. I, I just wanted to say thank you for mm-hmm. your support. Um, it, it is just so overwhelmingly awesome. I love you guys so much. Yes. And I um, thanks Tess for letting me be on. Yeah, thank you for coming. If y'all heard our little one, sorry, new environment. <laughs> but um, yeah, so stay tuned to next week, and we'll see what the topic is next week. But until then, see you later, guys. Thanks. Bye.